It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Crazy story out of Denver this week as thousands of Excel customers are locked out of their thermostats during an energy emergency. Yes, an energy emergency drove the corporation to deprive 22,000 of its own customers of the freedom to be able to be nice and chilly in their own homes at their own cost. Global warming, that future is going to be amazing for all of us, I think. Thank God Glenn Beck doesn't use the system because uh, the tantrums would be unprecedented. I've seen them before, and they're very, very dangerous. But where some people see an abuse of power, I see opportunity. You see, you have now been locked out of exiting this video or podcast. It's true. We are currently experiencing an entertainment emergency. So you can try to leave, but you're not going to be able to. Go ahead. Click around. Give it a whirl. You must and will stay tuned until the conclusion of this program. I apologize for the inconvenience and enjoy the next 42 minutes. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is a place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video right now. We're going to talk about a bizarre story from Major League Baseball where franchises are supporting the left's drive to sexualize our children. Huh? What, what does this have to do with baseball? We'll talk about that today. We'll show you the terrifying video of an assassination attempt of the vice president of Argentina. You're, you are going to, if you haven't seen this video yet, it's absolutely incredible. But we start by doing the soul of the nation. Well, I, I like to call it the birth of the nation speech because it just reminds me of the Woodrow Wilson ties. But soul of a nation, I guess it is. The soul of a nation. And apparently our soul is deep in hell. Let me show you what it looked like yesterday. I mean, what is the stagecraft of this moment alone is bizarre. You've got the hellish red lights behind him and you've got the military standing guard, but their faces are you know, blacked out because it's so dark back there. I mean, it's a really weird, weird piece of stagecraft. I don't know what they were doing. Now, the defense, I guess, from the left here, because everyone was like, gosh, this looks like he's standing at the gates of hell. Uh, is, is if you zoom back out, you can see the red, white, and or I guess the red and blue. Uh, they e Each part of the building was lit up with a little bit of a different color, and you can see the blue outline. But the main shot everywhere was just the red. And I will say, when I kind of zoomed in and took off the filters, I saw something very terrifying. Look at this. I mean, this, I can't believe that they decided to have a speech. <laughs> What's the symbol on the podium? Very, very dark. Very, very dark, everybody. Republicans are blasting Biden as a divider in chief after his primetime speech. And I don't think you could take it honestly any other way. It uh, was pretty embarrassing, frankly. Uh, Pat Gray, we did the show together this morning, and he called it the worst speech ever given by any person at any time, which may be the very slightest of exaggerations, but not by much. Not by much. It was not good. Biden went on to say MAGA Republicans threaten democracy as he and the Dems crank up anti-Trump rhetoric ahead of the midterms. And that's a really important part of this we're going to get to here in a second. But let's go through some of the speech. Uh, he was very, this is a big push here. He's trying to call out a new group, MAGA Republicans. Now MAGA, we all know what MAGA is, make America great again. Trump supporters, basically. That's it. And he wanted to make a big deal out of this, I guess, uh, to 
to tell you that this group was incredibly scary. Now, remember, what, 77, 78 million people voted for Donald Trump in 2020? So you're calling a large swath of the population, uh, you know, uh, dangerous to the democracy. But here he is talking about how bad uh, the MAGA Republicans are for our Constitution. Here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. Oh, like you do. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. Oh, my God. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. Mm. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. If you want a clip that's going to summarize the entire speech, that's probably it. And it is an embarrassing cacophony of just blather, frankly. But let's go through it a little bit here. Um, MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution, do not respect the rule of law. This is coming out of the mouth of a person who, what, last week just spent a trillion dollars without the approval of Congress. A trillion dollars. Just said he could do it. Just came up with a brand new idea that his own people, his own Department of Education, Nancy Pelosi herself, all said he couldn't do. He didn't have the power to just cancel debt like this, and he did it anyway. Previously, he had done this with the eviction moratorium. He just decided to put it in, and then the Supreme Court said, you can't put it in, and then he did it again, and then it got overturned again. This is because, and when he said, most importantly of all of this, when he did this, he said to the American people, it may very well be overturned in the courts, but at least people will have a few more months of not having to pay rent. That is an, uh, an outlandish thing to do. It is outwardly telling the American people you're not listening or attempting to follow the Constitution. You know it's going to be overturned, and yet you still go ahead with it. That is fundamentally what impeachment was created for. It was not created to catch people in affairs. It was not created to catch people uh, making perfect phone calls to Ukraine. It was specifically designed for presidents who decided to ignore the Constitution, even though they knew they were wrong. Now, there are other reasons. We all know the uh, crimes and misdemeanors. Uh, part of the of of the uh, of the law or the the ruling, I guess, for uh, for how we think about impeachment. But the bottom line here is that this was fundamentally what the founders were thinking about behavior, just like him. The rule of law is lit on flames, like it was sitting in the place where he did this speech, which apparently was hell. Uh, he also said, "MAGA forces are going to take the country backwards. No right to choose." No right to privacy. Well, you know, look, if no right to choose and no right to privacy means you can't kill children anymore, that is kind of what, I mean, he's kind of right on that. Uh, conservatives don't like that that much. They like to keep babies alive. And I know there's a disagreement between the parties here. There are two, two, two views on this. One is the, the, the baby should live, and the other, the baby should be dead. 
So you, you kind of get two different sides here, and, and we're doing a real debate on that one for some reason. But, you know, the hateful side says the babies should be alive, and the loving, accepting side says all the babies should be dead. So you kind of figure out how to navigate those waters. But also he goes on to say they promote um, uh, authoritarian leaders who want to take away your contraception and take away the right to marry who you love. There is absolutely no Republican that I know of that wants to take away your right to have conception or contraception. No, but no, no one that I know of. I, I don't know of any public figures who want to take that away legally. Uh, the, the right to marry who you love. Look, that was a debate about 20 years ago, mainly. It's been in place for a while. I don't know of any Republicans currently pushing for any sort of restriction on that. I mean, maybe they want to stop polygamy and other <laughs> other advancements, but there's no uh, there's no if I, he's referring to gay marriage there. And I know of no Republican actually pushing to turn around the ruling on gay marriage. In fact, we do know very quite certainly uh, that there is no chance of it going through the Supreme Court because Brett Kavanaugh, one of the people on the Supreme Court, said there's no chance of it going through the Supreme Court. So you'd need to, unless Soda, Soda, Sonia Sotomayor is changing her mind anytime soon on that one, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Um, also, they went on to talk about the disruption of elections. This is fascinating. Listen. They see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. All right, so this is basically an attempt here to, uh, I guess, <sighs> they're doing what they're accusing Donald Trump of doing. What was the, what's the accusation against Donald Trump? The accusation against Donald Trump is he prepared the, he, he made uh, the soil fertile for the type of behavior we saw on January 6th because he told everybody in advance if he lost, it was likely stolen. And then when he lost, he said it was stolen. Well, what we're seeing here is the Democrats doing the exact same thing. They're telling you that these officials are in office and they're gonna try to steal the election. They're telling you in advance. And when they lose, they will say the election was stolen. Won't that be so incredible? Can you wait until 2023 when we're all sitting around and the Democrats are the ones on TV saying that the election was stolen and now their posts are coming down. They're saying, oh, well, look at what X, Y, and Z did in these districts and that means the election was stolen. Believe me, something like that's coming to the next few elections. It's happened in every previous election that Democrats have won in my adult lifetime. They've claimed every single one of them they lost. They always say when they lose that they have won. That's what they do. They say that in 2000, they said it was, Bush was selected, not elected. In 2004, they said John Kerry should have won Ohio because of the voting machines. In 2016, it was the Russian who were involved. This happens over and over and over again, and we're all supposed to forget about it each time. That's what's supposed to happen. That's your job as an American citizen. Ignore everything you know. Um, here is uh, Biden again going down the road about skepticism over elections. Democracy endures only if we, the people, respect the guardrails of the republic. Only if we, the people, accept the results of free and fair elections. Only if we, the people, see politics not as total war, but mediation of our differences. 
Democracy cannot survive when one side believes there are only two outcomes to an election. Either they win or they were cheated. And that's where the MAGA Republicans are today. That's terrible. The terrible speech. They don't understand what every patriotic American knows. You can't love your country only when you win. Last week, the guy spent a trillion dollars without going to Congress. And now he's telling us he wants to he thinks politics are the mediation of our differences. He can't even convince Democrats to vote for the crap he wants to do. And it's the mediation of our differences. He certainly treats it like it's total war. How about uh, Biden and his big infrastructure accomplishment? I believe we could build a better America. Do you? So we passed the biggest infrastructure investment since <laughs> President Dwight D. Eisenhower. <laughs> and we've now embarked on a decade of rebuilding the nation's roads, bridges, highways, ports, water systems, high-speed internet, railroads. First of all, again, it seems like his tongue is too big for his mouth. Has anyone looked at this? Is this a, is this a real problem? Does your face shrink? Maybe this tongue is staying the same size, but the face is shrinking. I don't know what it is, but he can't, he cannot speak clearly. He has no ability. I don't understand how this man is president. It's really fascinating. Um, the other thing is, uh, he's the, uh, let me just focus on one of his dumb accomplishments. First of all, the Republicans are the one that came along on the infrastructure plan. Uh, this was something, of course, Donald Trump said he wanted to, po- uh, to uh, pass as well. And I opposed it then and now. We do not have an extra trillion dollars to dish out on high-speed Internet. And I will note this. They've been begging for rural Internet, in, for high-speed Internet in rural areas for a zillion years. They decided they wanted to spend billions and billions of dollars, and they've done that. They've spent a fortune to bring high-speed Internet to farm communities around the country. And you might say, well, well, don't they deserve high-speed Internet? Well, I don't know if they deserve it, frankly. Um, internet is not a right, so you don't deserve to have Internet. The government should not be involved in that process at all. With maybe one exception, let me give it to you, approving the launch of a zillion satellites for Elon Musk. Because now, after they spent all this money to wire all these communities, Elon Musk put a bunch of satellites in space that now give superior internet anywhere in the world. So it was a total waste. A total, utterly, complete waste. It would have made much more sense to just take that money and pay off the monthly bill for everybody to use Starlink. But instead, we didn't wait for someone in the market to do it. We just decided to cut the corners, and now we've wasted billions of dollars. But... That was the president bragging about that effort. Congratulations. How about uh, health care? Everybody loves health care, right? I believe we could go from being the highest cost of prescriptions in the world to making prescription drugs and health care more affordable. So we passed the most significant health care reform since President Obama signed the Affordable Care Act. I guess maybe that's true. Uh, it's significant. That doesn't mean it's good. Is it a success? Uh, we have not seen any lowering of cost at all yet. Of course, you know, it takes time to, to see those things if they ever do materialize. But I should point out that there's been almost no inflation for five years when it comes to prescription drugs. These, these are one of the few prices that have not gone up. And that's the thing he's attacking price wise. Also, I will point out. The reason why our prices are higher than other nations is because we're the ones researching and developing all these drugs without us and without these without you evil rich people out there paying for high prices for prescription drugs, there would be none of these drugs. They wouldn't exist, and places around the country wouldn't be able to steal our efforts and get the benefits of lower cost. I thought 
People like Joe Biden wanted this to happen. Their whole point was people with less should be able to pay less, but apparently they don't want that to happen around the world. That is only uh, to their voters. It doesn't matter if uh, someone in another country can pay a little bit less because, look, we did, what did the work to develop the drugs. Over time, they wind up filtering to people who are going to pay a heck of a lot less uh, for those drugs around the world. Um, how about uh, clean energy? At least he's hitting that one out of the park, guys. I believe we create what we could create a clean energy future and save the planet. So we passed the most important climate initiative ever, ever, ever. Good sentence. You nailed that one, Joe. Holy crap. I cannot believe this is a reality. Uh, This is embarrassing. Look, he spent a bunch of money on climate. Even the experts say it's not going to do, make much of a difference. I mean, it's not going to change. The, what's the point of a climate bill? Like, the idea would be to lower the temperature of the earth, I guess. Uh, you're going to play climate control on your nest uh, temperature gauge and try to turn down the temperature of the earth. There's no world in which that plan actually makes that occur. Yes, he's spending a bunch of money on solar panels and weatherizing homes and a bunch of nonsense that have never proven to be successful. It's a, it's a giant waste of money. And more than that, like he's bragging about something that has accomplished nothing. None of this has actually accomplished anything, nor did the last 25 climate plans that the Democrats have pushed. How about cancer? Even in this moment, with all the challenges we face, I give you my word as a Biden, I've never been more optimistic about America's future. Not because of me, but because of who you are. We're going to end cancer as we know it. Mark my words. Ah, we will mark them. In fact, we have marked them on the interwebs. That's right. You can check at any point to see if Joe Biden has cured cancer at hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. Hasjoebidencuredcancer.com. You can get constant updates about how far along in the process Joe Biden might be in curing your cancer. Has Joe Biden cured cancer? Uh, Check it out and send it to your liberal friends. Uh, how about, uh, oh, there's always an answer. We do this thing all the time on the on program. It's become a recurring feature on the show where we do the Democrats' circle of grift. And what always happens in the circle of grift, no matter what the topic, is we go around in a circle and it always ends up in voting for Democrats. And that's, of course, what this speech was actually about. Listen, we can't afford to leave anyone on the sidelines. We need everyone to do their part. So speak up, speak out, get engaged, vote, vote, vote. It's always the same answer, guys. It's always vote for them. No matter what the problem is, it's always vote for Democrats. Uh, How about, you know, of course, there was no lack of bizarre flubbing in this speech. Uh, Here is a just listen to what's he what's he doing when he says the word democracy in this sentence? Listen, may God protect our nation and may God protect all those who stand watch over our democracy. God bless you all. Democracy. Thank you. (laughs) God bless you all. Democracy. You already finished that sentence, Joe. You already finished it. Embarrassing. Um. All right, let me give you this one. This is uh, the MAGA GOP and how they're a major threat to our country. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Mm, That's true. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear. Very clear up front, not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. 
Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know, because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And that is a threat to this country. What's going on here? Are we supposed to forget about the past few years? Is that kind of the game we're playing here? But what's happening? Joe Biden ran for president of the United States by sleeping in his basement, basically. Whenever he did speak, he almost never even mentioned Donald Trump's name. When he became president, he has gone 18 months of skipping over Donald Trump's name, saying things like my predecessor. And now all of a sudden, he's making a big speech right before the election about MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump. Why? Well, they know something here. They know what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is make the 2022 election about Donald Trump. They want to make everybody, every voter, be, to be entering that voting booth thinking about Donald Trump because they don't want to run on the economy. They don't want to run on inflation. They don't want to run on Ukraine. They don't want to run on Afghanistan. They don't want to run on the border. They don't want to run on CRT. They don't want to run on defund the police. They don't want to run on LGBTQIA2 plus issues. They don't want to do any of that. They don't want to run on the record. They want to run on Donald Trump's record. Now, you might be a conservative and say, well, I'd much rather have Donald Trump's record than Joe Biden's. And that makes a heck of a lot of sense. But for those people who are out there, maybe not following the day to day, they want to rerun the 2020 election. They want to go and say, hey, let's all fight about 2020. Let's all fight about Donald Trump. And of course, Donald Trump, understandably, when he's being attacked like this, he steps up his defenses. And then we have back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And then the whole election, just like they want it to be, is about Donald Trump. This is just such a dumb game that we just keep playing. Donald Trump is not on the ballot. He's not on the ballot. He's not running for anything right now. He may run in 2024. He is currently not running at all. He's not on the ballot. He's not a candidate you can vote for. This election should not be about Donald Trump. This election should be about the candidates in these states, candidates who have far superior ideas to their Democratic opponents in almost all cases. That's what this should be about. It should be about holding Democrats who have been voting for these policies to account for what they've done to the country. This is not a personality contest, or at least it shouldn't be. But the media is demanding that that's how we decide this election in 2022. They're going to try. The left is going to try. Joe Biden is going to try to make this about anything other than himself. And that is the under the underwhelming reasoning that they have to be reelected. I'm not that guy. At least I'm not Donald Trump. At least I'm not him. That that is that supports this entire election. It's what they're trying to do. The question is, are we going to let them? This is a lot on the line here. And there has this has to be a decision that is made soberly about what's actually going on, not about these dumb games that we keep playing.
Are you buying a home? Are you selling a home right now? If you are, you know it can be stressful, uh, especially if you don't. I mean, this is the case, I think, with every big purchase. Like, I, you know, if you buy a car, you want to have a salesperson who knows what they're doing, not pressuring you, knows, uh, you know, knows the actual market for the car you're buying. Same thing with a real estate agent. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the best real estate agent in your area. If you call them, or you actually go to the website, and then you will get in touch with them. They'll give you some uh, opportunity to give them some basic info on your transaction. The team will then contact you to make an introduction on uh, the agent uh, in your town. Whatever that preferred agent is, no matter where you live, no matter if you're buying or you're selling a home, realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find the best person. Realestateagentsitrust.com. There been a, uh, there's been a lot of controversy over the past few years uh, as it surrounds sports and you know, some really high-profile things, taking a knee on the field, for example. We've, we've seen Black Lives Matter on the court. A lot of high-profile things that have kind of been in your face when it comes to social justice and these sort of left-wing movements. But some of the stuff we're, we're not seeing and we don't know about. I want to bring in Nate Hodgman to the program. He's a staff writer for National Review, and his news article is MLB's unseemly support for youth gender transitions. Oh, man. Nate, how's it going? I'm doing well, Steve. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, this, is, uh, this is something I didn't know about. I watch baseball all the time. I know there's, a, there's Pride Days. We've seen during Pride Month there was these activities. But this is not just a, 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 a sort of a rainbow flag behind the logo. These organizations are going really far and going deep into gender transitions and all these other things, sometimes for kids. Can you kind of walk us through how you found out about this? Right. Well, to your point, Stu, the problem is I think most fans don't know what's going on because they see Pride Nights, these LGBT-themed annual nights, which 29 out of 30 MLB teams have now. The only team that doesn't have one is the Texas Rangers. And they think it's just a sort of gay acceptance day, right? That's what it started at, at in, the, in the early 2000s. But what they don't know uh, and what I found out by looking into the groups that a lot of these LGBT nights are sending money to – through both ticket sales and and charity fundraisers is that about 20 of the teams in the MLB at least are sending money to groups that either promote or directly perform sex change surgeries and give sex change hormones to children as young as 12 years old and sometimes to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars. So unfortunately, you know, the MLB fan base is not necessarily left wing. It's the most Republican fan base of the big three sports in America. But a lot of their money is often going to sex changes for children. Which is an incredible sentence that you just uttered. Mm-hmm. Um, let me show you the, the list of the teams here. Uh, uh, and this is all covered in Nate's uh, article. But uh, the Diamondbacks, Red Sox, Cubs, White Sox, Reds, Guardians, Rockies, Tigers, Astros, Angels, Dodgers, Brewers, Twins, Athletics, Phillies, Pirates, Padres, Cardinals, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Washington Nationals. And, uh, you know, when we're looking at this, this isn't just um, what a lot of people would be totally fine with, right? Like, hey, you know, we're, we want to make sure that people, you know, who are gay are treated fairly like everybody else. It's, it's not that. This is going much, much deeper. Can you kind of tell us what types of things these, these funds are going to? Well, it varies, obviously, from state to state because most of these are sort of local charities, quote unquote, that these teams are promoting. But it's everything from groups that are promoting 
sort of gender affirming is the word they use, uh, education for young children in schools or promoting quote unquote social transitions, which is basically encouraging young children to transition, not medically, but by changing their name, their pronoun, wearing different clothes, all the way up to medical clinics, which are offering surgeries, you know, irreversible sex change surgeries on very young children and many more, which are offering drugs, hormone blockers, you know, puberty blockers, masculine masculinizing and feminizing hormones to children. So all 20 of these teams are either directly or indirectly connected to promoting youth gender transitions. And that's everything from trying to include it and lobby for legislation that includes it in sex education, all the way up to actually performing it themselves. Yeah, and I should say your article goes through each team and, and the organizations they work with and exactly how these things work. It's really detailed and you did a great job on it. Um, you talk about the puberty blockers and uh, hormones Hormones and surgeries going to children as young as 12. Five teams, at least so far, uh, are giving money to this. The Tigers, the Red Sox, the Brewers, the Rays, and the Cleveland Guardians, who uh, couldn't keep their team name, the Cleveland Indians, but this apparently is not offensive at all. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a shocking turn of events. Right. I mean, saying the phrase MLB teams are sending money to groups that do sex changes for kids, it almost feels like a right wing Mad Libs, right? I mean, it's the kind of thing that you wouldn't believe if you didn't actually uh, see it for yourself. But these groups are sending money to medical clinics, which are directly providing these quote unquote services to children. Um, and the MLB uh, institutionally is uh, sharing resources and promoting groups that do the same thing. The Red Sox sent $200,000 to Fenway Health, which is a clinic that specializes in sex changes for kids back in 2018. And the vice president of the MLB said he was so proud of the Red Sox because now people were going to get the medical services that they need. So the MLB institutionally is aware of this. And a lot of these teams have diversity officers, which are the ones who are actively orchestrating these things. Uh, and I think a lot of fans, again, because it's not right out there in the open, these teams aren't promoting or advertising the fact that this is what they're funding. They're not aware of it. And as a result, their, their ticket money is often going to fund things that they have would have serious problems with if they actually knew about it. I think we know the answer on the Red Sox, at least. But did you get the sense, generally speaking, from these teams that this is one of those things where they want to be on the right side of history. They want to they want to be on the you know the social justice side of the argument. They get a few organizations that come in. They just you know spread the money around to LGBTQ causes, and some of this money gets caught up in areas where they're not necessarily intending it to, or not necessarily you know wanting to be uh, involved in. Is this just a a thing where they're kind of throwing money around on that side of the of the argument and it's getting caught up in these places? Are they intentionally targeting places that are doing gender transitions for children? Well, look, I think a lot of the time it's the former. I, I don't want to accuse MLB leaders of being left-wing ideologues because I think most of them aren't. They're just normal corporate leaders and they want to please activist groups that are very powerful, so they give them their money. That's often how this happens with corporate America funding a lot of these radical groups, not just the LGBT stuff, but also the Black Lives Matter stuff. Uh, but with the five teams that you named at the very least, they're giving money directly to medical clinics whose one of their primary or even single purposes is to provide sex change surgeries and drugs to kids. So there's not that much plausible deniability there. It's not like it's a big LGBT group and they do a lot of different things and it just happens that one of the things they do is sex change surgeries for children. These are groups where that's their primary function. 
So it's impossible to miss that if you look at their website. And it's impossible to think that these teams aren't aware that if that's the group they're selecting, you know, that's where they're, they're sending their money. Mm, is this, isn't there just a great argument to just stay out of this stuff for these teams. I don't understand why there is this need. It's, it's really seemed to come in over the past 10 years where people have decided, look, we run an organization that makes a bunch of money, therefore we need to be involved in every controversial social issue. I mean, you mentioned the Rangers. That's the right position to take, right? People, if they want to spend their money to support these charities, they can do that. But why is this sort of a forced part of me needing to go see a baseball game? No, you're totally right. And the Rangers, of course, have gotten an enormous amount of grief from these LGBT groups, and they're being uh, accused of being homophobic because they're not hosting a Pride Night. I think what they're doing is they're not saying that they're, you know, have a position one way or the other. They're just saying this is a political issue, which is divisive. Our fans have different opinions on it, so we're just going to stay out of it. We're going to focus on baseball. The tragedy of all of this is Baseball is America's pastime. I mean, this is the thing that's defined America for more than a century. And it used to be that sports was one of the last places, the last spheres, where people who disagreed radically on every single political issue could get together, they could come together, and they could enjoy something together. And that was a place where we could be Americans first and uh, have political disagreements second. And the problem with you know, injecting this incredibly divisive political ideology into sports is it politicizes yet another space in American life. And it forces us to be the sum total of our political views rather than Americans who have something in common. And it means you have to take a stand, even in something like baseball, which is supposed to be apolitical. Uh, and that's incredibly bad for the country long term. Yeah, and it's constant. It's, it's, it's everywhere. I will say, um, you know, the, the Rangers, of course, are down the road from where I am. I was at the first game uh, with full attendance in North America after COVID. It was at the, at the Rangers' uh, new stadium, which they had to go for a year without really opening uh, because of COVID. And they were playing the Toronto Blue Jays, America's team, as I'm sure you know. Um, and uh, <laughs> The, it was interesting to see that because it's, that's the Rangers the way they are. They have a point of view. It's funny because I am a Blue Jays fan, oddly, in, in, in the United States, and they are not a conservative team, yet I did not see them on your list of 20 teams, which was stunning to me, honestly. Do you have any idea? I mean, is it, is it a cultural difference in Toronto? Is it just that, like, you know, they don't do that as often? Any, any idea why the Blue Jays are not on this list? This list? I thought they'd lead it. Well, no, it's tough to say. One of the reasons I said at least 20 teams is that for a lot of these teams, it's just so clandestine who exactly they're funding that it's impossible to tell. So mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily exempt the Blue Jays uh, from this. People were surprised that the New York Yankees weren't on this list, for example, because New York is a very left wing city. It doesn't mean that they're not involved in this stuff. It just means it isn't public. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but it is true that the MLB it has a much more Republican fan base, as I said, than the NBA or the NFL. And five MLB teams actually have more Republican fans than Democratic fans, whereas there's only one NFL team and zero NBA teams that have more Republican than Democratic fans. So this is more of a slap in the face to their fan base than it would be if they were the uh, NBA or the NFL, because they have a much more robust fan base in Red America where this stuff is really seen as objectionable than other major sports leagues. Last one here for you, Nate. It, you know, 
The question is, I guess, how do you push back on this? I think step one is what you did, which is, you know, get people informed that this is even going on. Because I, I knew there was Pride Nights. I knew there was a lot of that stuff, but I had no idea it was going uh, to, this, uh, to this level. So I really appreciate your reporting on this. Uh, in addition uh, to that, what do we do? Because we've seen sort of a pushback on things like Disney. We've seen uh, pushback on some of these areas. Some have been successful. Some have not. Is there anything that the American people who really care about this uh, can do? Well, like you said, Stu, I think the first thing is raising awareness. But the second and third steps are you just have to change the incentive structure for these big corporations. Like I said, most of these corporate leaders aren't left-wing ideologues. They're just doing what they think is going to get them in the least trouble and make them the most profit, like many corporate leader. For a long time, their calculus has been that they're going to get way more grief from the left if they anger the left than they are from the right if they anger the right because the ang- the right isn't supposed to be the one that goes after business and i think that has to change if things are going to change in america so that means boycotts that means public pressure campaigns but it also means in the political sphere i think things like what ron desantis did with disney in florida where he actually imposed political penalties on Disney for getting involved in the political process and trying to attack uh, uh, Florida's children. All of those things have to be part of the conversation because until these businesses understand that the right's going to punch back as well as the left if they get on their wrong side, the incentive structure isn't going to change. Nate Hotchman, uh, staff writer for National Review. His newest article is MLB's unseemly support for youth gender transitions. What What a headline. I will uh, tweet out a link to this uh, shortly at Studios America. Make sure you don't miss it. It's really detailed, and uh, your team's probably listed on this. I hate, I hate to tell you about it. Nate, thanks so much for coming on the program. Thanks, Stu. My team's the Red Sox, so they're the Ooh. worst of any of them. Yeah, well, look, I mean, look, you're in the, my division, so I already hate you, and now I can hate you even <laughs> yeah, more. <laughs> fair enough. No. Thanks. Back in a second. Thanks. <laughs> You know what's happening to conservative media, especially when you're talking about social media. A lot of people are watching uh, the show on YouTube or on uh, Facebook or maybe you're watching a clip uh, wherever you happen to be. And we always really do appreciate that. Like that's a huge part of our ability to get the word out when it comes to trying to support some constitutional principles, which are more and more rare in the world. I will say that part of the pressure here is uh, you've seen a lot of shows on The Blaze get kicked off of social media, get kicked off of, of, of YouTube, get kicked off of all these things. And it makes it kind of impossible to keep a business afloat when they're doing that all the time, unless we happen to have people just like you who happen to step up and help us uh, get the word out. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go if you want to subscribe to Blaze TV. And we do ask you to do that uh, if, you, if you're at all able. If you don't have the cash, if you don't uh, think we do a good enough job here, totally cool. We'd love to have you still on uh, social media or YouTube or wherever as long as it lasts. Podcast as well. We're always, uh, we'll always accept you there. And we do appreciate your likes and your reviews and all those things if you, if you can't uh, go to that higher level of, uh, of paying each month. But if you can, we really would appreciate it. We're approaching a big election here. We know the left, I mean, look at this initial monologue that we had today about the speech last night. We know the left is going to lie constantly as we approach this election and into 2024. And we need to have a platform that is protected from big tech companies to be able to get the word out. That platform, you know, Glenn came up with this idea many, many years ago to create a place where conservatives can come and speak freely 
And that is what Blaze TV is, and we appreciate you being a part of it. BlazeTV.com slash stew is the place to go to subscribe. If you use the promo code stew, you'll save 10 bucks. BlazeTV.com slash stew. All right, you are about to see video of a woman inches away from being shot in the face. And I, you know, it's not gruesome. You're not going to see any blood, thankfully, because the gun didn't go off. But this is absolutely incredible. It is the vice president of Argentina who is almost assassinated right in front of the cameras uh, out in the open. Watch this video closely. Now, everyone starts freaking out there at the end and starting running over. I'm going to watch it one more time. Look right in front of her face. You can see a gun come out, just an arm with a gun. You see it click a couple times. Definitely thought, he, this guy definitely thought he was shooting uh, the vice president. And, I mean, point blank right in the face. I don't, I don't know if there's any chance of survival with something like this. Uh, watch this one more time. <laughs> podcast and he's, it's exactly as i'm describing it it's that close you can watch it of course on uh, on twitter uh, as well uh, the uh, what's stunning about this is at first i kind of saw the video maybe it's uh, an, an unloaded gun maybe it's a fake gun he's trying to scare her or something because the odds of just your luck of this gun not going off are so so incredibly low uh, you just think that, it, you know, what are, the, what are the chances? Well, that seems to be what happened. An actual attempt on the vice president's life with a real gun that was really loaded with five bullets and the gun just didn't go off for whatever reason. They're still trying to figure out exactly what happened. But, uh, man, I mean, I can't even imagine what, what life would be like after that. You would never want to leave your home ever again. You realize how, how easy this could be. To, and it did happen a lot here in the 60s and 70s where assassinations were really commonplace. You know, we seem to have left that behind for the time being, but the, we've talked about this before when it comes to mass shootings. There's these, these, these uh, arcs and it, it peaks and valleys of these marquee crimes, crimes done for attention, crimes uh, to try to you know, make everyone know how important you are if you're some uh, oppressed uh, person or group. And this is what we're seeing now uh, in Argentina. We'll see if there's more details on it, but just jaw-dropping video. Another story up here from Texas, which I think is pretty fascinating, is about, uh, we've talked about her before. Her name is Brandy Batone. She's a 32-year-old Plano, Texas resident. And she decided to drive in a carpool lane that you need multiple people in. But she was by herself, at least by our prior understanding, she was by herself. Her claim was, look, a Roe versus Wade has been overturned and I'm pregnant. So therefore, there are two people in this car and I should be able to ride in the HOV lane. And I think it was initially presented as like, oh, this liberal is going to shut up those conservatives and make a really good point here. Uh, first of all, I was like, yeah, she should be able to absolutely someone who's pregnant should be able to drive in the HOV lane. I mean, I per personally don't really understand the HOV lane thing. I think it's stupid. But if you want to have it, you should not be ticketing pregnant women. There are two people in there. I'm completely comfortable with that analysis. Uh, free brandy, as they say. Well, the other day, once again, she got pulled over again in the HOV lane and got another ticket. 
Now, the last one she got out of because they said, well, yeah, you were pregnant. Uh, same thing here. She got out of it. Well, she hopefully will get out of it again. It won't, she won't be able to pull this stunt again, at least for a little while, because she did have the baby. So congratulations to my girl, Brandy. Uh, Brandy, uh, free Brandy, hashtag free Brandy, blowing up the Internet right now. If you are pregnant and you are in the HOV lane, you should be able to stay there. You should not get ticketed. Yes, fetuses are not clumps of cells. They are people. Make sure to take a moment and celebrate communism this weekend as you celebrate Labor Day. And we will be back on Tuesday with lots more fun and frivolity. See you then.